Okay, good morning. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So I figured I'd start off with asking, you know, I've been thinking a lot lately, which I do often, but uh, extra. I'm thinking a, a whole lot extra lately. And do, do you know what I'm thinking about? No, not if the Patriots will be in the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> a lot of people have a feel for that. But I've been thinking a lot about, you know, what's my mission? What's, what's God's bigger purpose for me or for anyone? Uh, what's, what's the plan? You know, and, and I don't know, it's just, it's been in my head a lot lately. And, you know, it's probably a good time to ask yourselves the same question. You know, what is, what is the mission? What is your purpose? You know, the bigger purpose. I'm going to talk a lot about why it doesn't have to be scary or overwhelming. Um, so now's the time to be thinking about this stuff, right? Because things are different, right? They're not the same as they used to be. You know, we've been shaken up a little bit. And, and God has a, a way of doing that, right? God makes us just uncomfortable enough that we're willing to change, right? Because when we're super comfortable, we don't want to move, right? We're stubborn. Uh, I think of it, it's, it's kind of like the cat laying in the window in the sun, and it's comfortable and warm and having a nap. Probably not a good time to want to pick up the cat and go for a walk. It's, it doesn't want to hear that, right? We're, we're the same way. We, when we're warm and comfortable and Everything's going perfectly great, and we, we're, you know, calm and happy. We don't want any changes. So God gives us a nudge, right, because we're stubborn. So God gives us a nudge, and the nudge is making things different, right? And that, that's the times we're in. Things have totally changed. Um, so we see this, you know, this isn't new, Right? God in, in Exodus um, had to demand the Israelites to do all kinds of things, right? And he, I don't say he punished them, but he did things to make them uncomfortable, right? Because they were stubborn, right? And he actually called them stiff necks, right? And that stiff neck means to be stubborn or immovable, right? Not willing to do things. Paul says the same thing in Acts. We're stiff necked people. So we need motivation. Right? We need something to push us to action. So what does God do to change that? Well, in John, and by the way, I want to bounce around a lot, so don't feel obligated to try to hurry up and find a bunch of verses. I'll read them clearly and slowly. But John in 15.2 says, and he's referring to God, says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That's the shakeup. Right? And then every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes to make more fruitful. That's the push. Right? So those are the things that God does to make us, the stick-necked people, spring to action and do things that we wouldn't do. So it's an honor and privilege right, to stand for Christ in the hour that we live today, the attacks, you know, you hear these bad things, social media, um, you know, take, strip the Ten Commandments out of the public buildings and take Jesus out of the schools and, 
you know, so standing with Christ today is, is really a privilege. Um, and think about this. If you walk through life aimlessly, that's frustrating, right? You don't, it doesn't feel good in the morning. You know, you wake up and you're like, mm. well, today's same as yesterday, same as tomorrow, same as the next day. And that's not exciting. There's no, there's no spark. So, so feeling aimlessly is not a great way. And if you see others living, you know, passionately engaged, they live these meaningful, purposeful lives, they look alive, they have direction, and you say, well, I don't feel that way. You know, that's not how I feel. Well, that's a signal, time for a change, right? Time to do it differently. So we all know God has something in mind for us, right? God doesn't want us to live in monotony and dullness. That was never the intent, right? It, throughout the Bible, it always says God looks for gladness in our lives, joy. So, again, if you're waking up with anxiety and dread, boredom, disinterest, you're not, you don't really care about what day it is, then you're probably not doing what you're meant to, to do. You know, God is not... Um, has not gotten through, your eyes haven't opened yet, and you haven't gotten the message. So in Galatians 5.22, it tells us, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, you know, all those positive words that would make us enjoy the day that we have. Okay? And in Proverbs 12.25, Right? It says, anxiety weighs down the heart, and a kind word cheers it up. So sometimes our mission could just be a kind word. You know, we don't have to shut our life off and, and do something different. It could just be a kind greeting, a, a lift up to someone. Okay? And, and often if we overdo it, right, then we, then we start getting back to the anxious and dread. So we don't want to overdo it. We want to do what's, what fits our life and our, our abilities. I'm going to talk about that. So, if you're not getting fulfillment, that's like wandering off the right path, right? You're, you're going down the wrong road. And fulfillment comes from doing rewarding, meaningful, and purposeful things. Right? It's been said the secret of happiness is to a, is to not attach yourself to a person or a place or a thing or even, even uh, a project, but attach yourself to God's calling, right? That's, that's what the secret of happiness is. You attach yourself to God's calling, and now you get that fulfillment, right? And ironically, when you get that fulfillment, all those other things kind of come along, right? You meet the right people, and you're in the right places, you're doing the right things, you know, and you're working on projects that fulfill you. Okay, so all that goes hand in hand. So, if you're stuck or you know someone who's stuck in a particular direction, they don't know how they got there, they... They just spin in place, like getting stuck in the mud, right? The wheels spin, nothing's moving, you're frustrated, you're mad, it's, 
it's uncomfortable, it's dirty, um, you feel trapped, right? And, and that can go on and on and on. I mean, you're not going to get out of the mud just because you wish you were out of the mud or you push on the gas harder. That's not going to do it, right? It takes something else. That's what I'm talking about. You've you got to do something else to get out of the rut. So if you don't know God's purpose for you and you don't necessarily feel directed and feel like you're on the path that you want to be on or should be on, you don't make any forward progress, right? You kind of go sideways. Like I said, today's the same as yesterday. It's the same as tomorrow. Nothing seems exciting. Um, you don't have specific goals to work towards. And you remember, even the Israelites who wandered around for 40 years still had a goal, right? They still had, they were still seeking an, a, a specific thing, in this case, the promised land. But if you don't even have a goal, then, then you, you don't move forward. You just, you're stuck. Proverbs 29:18, right, says, when there is no vision, the people perish, right? It, I mean, the Bible keeps telling us over and over again, you want to have a vision. You want to have a purpose. And that brings us to, again, what is your calling? What, what, what are you meant for? Do you have that sense of direction? You know, do you have perseverance? Right, and the bottom line is, we all have purposefulness. We just often don't realize it. Right, we've all got some ability, or some something that we can do. We just often we don't see it. We don't realize it. So we go through life, unfortunately, a little bit blinded. Right, and here's what's really important. Despite what you may have heard over time, we are not all equal. Okay, the, the analogy I like to use for that is it's like cars and trucks, okay? Yes, they both have wheels, they both have a steering wheel, they have a gas pedal and a brake pedal. Okay, they're very similar, but I wouldn't necessarily want to take a dump truck across country, okay, for three days, and I certainly wouldn't want to fill up my car with dirt. So we aren't all equal. We're similar, Okay, and there is some crossover. Some things, you know, we can all do well, and some things only a few people can do well. So it's like the car and truck. They both have different qualities. Just like we have different talents, we have different skills, we have different abilities. Some things come naturally to us, and other people would be frustrated. Okay, they can pick up on things very quickly, and other people would struggle, struggle, struggle. Well, don't do that. If it's not coming to you, it's not meant for you. Okay? So, so that's why some of these things are so subtle we don't realize it. We have this ability, and because it's so natural to us, and it, it doesn't make us go with crazy efforts to, to accomplish it, we don't realize that we have that, that blessing. So that's the part of opening our eyes. Here's a trick. If you give something 
that's when you realize the gift you have. Right? Otherwise, you take it for granted. Right? So you don't realize the gift you have until you give it away. I'll give you an example. Walking, very easy for many people. You don't think about walking. You just get up and do it. Right? But when you can't do it, you are so frustrated and struggle with that. And now, if one of us who can walk can help somebody who can't, whether help them in and out of a building or get something for them that they can't reach, all of a sudden we realize, hey, we have something special like walking that not everyone has. It's that simple. So when you give away a gift like walking for someone, that makes you realize, wow, it's that easy. Okay? We, we don't have to be beat up to accomplish these things. But again, we don't always realize these things. So what do we do? We gotta get shaken, right? We gotta get disrupted. We gotta get taken out of the sunshine, right? And, and then when circumstances change, some of us change, okay, but sometimes it takes more, it takes an extreme, it takes a tragedy. Right? Or it could take something as subtle as hearing the right word on the right day. Okay? And bingo, we realize we have, we have something that we can share. Okay? So remember this. The things that you go through are preparing you for what God has in mind. Okay? So if you think about that, you can say, I hate my life or I hate this happened to me. I can't stand these bad events. But that of what you're going through is preparing you for, for God's purpose. All right? Now, in one sense, we're always living in God's purpose because nothing happens if God doesn't ordain it. Right? It's God, God putting his hand on it is what validates it, what makes it the right thing. Okay, and we're promised this. Psalm 57, 2. It says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. So God fulfills his purpose for me. Okay, we're not alone. 2 Timothy 12, 16 says, All scriptures are God-breathed and is useful for instruction conviction, correction, training, righteousness. I mean, we've got all these tools to help us. And continuing on in 2 Timothy, it says, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped to do every good work. So we've got those tools. We've, we've got things like scripture that can help us. And again, just being... Alert will help us. So God will fulfill every intention that he has for you. Sometimes the easy way, sometimes the hard way. But every intention will be fulfilled. Right? So God has infinite wisdom. We don't. So God makes his purpose part of our lives. 
Sometimes we don't see it, but it's still there. Right? And that's why our, our mission, right? Our, our, our role here can't be based on personal satisfaction. However, you will get personal satisfaction from doing these things anyway. It just shouldn't be the base. It shouldn't be the reason. But it'll come anyway. So more, more good news. Okay? And it can't be a burden, right? Because otherwise we just quit. That's why I said, maybe it's just a kind word. It doesn't have to be, you know, I, I've given up everything and, you know, and I live in my car. It, it, that's, not, that's not how it is, okay? It has, to be, it has to be bearable, okay? It shouldn't be a, a crazy burden, okay? Otherwise, we quit, Right? So we're encouraged to keep going, keep doing it, do more, do it happily, because it gives us connection. Like I said, you'll meet new people, you do different things, you're in the right place. All right? It lets us be an inspiration for others. I mean, that's, that's an amazing thing. When, when, when you inspire someone else, um, I, I can tell you, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, I got, I got hurt some years ago. And, and I was getting depressed, and then I realized I was actually able to inspire other people, yeah. okay? And other people had it worse off than I did. So that was exciting to me. When, I, when that bulb went on, I, I got all excited because I'm like, now I'm helping people who are in despair with my own problems. I'm using my problems to help other people. So that's what I said. It doesn't have to be a burden. It doesn't have to make you, like, overwhelmed. It's What's in front of you, it's the, it's the circumstance at the time. Okay, so it's, it's very fulfilling. And we know, right, those worldly things like status and money, and good looks and health and relationships, those all wear off, right? So you... You can't put your trust in things that rust and fade. We've got to put our trust in, in the Lord. Right? That devotion is our treasure. That's, that's the key to happiness. So we can hold up people in a lot of different ways. Right? We can hope to hold them up in a psychological sense. Right? If they're struggling or de depressed, like my story now, I was helping people who were, you know, in despair. Well, I'm using my own problems to support them mentally, all right? Um, you can help people physically, like my walking example. We walk so easily, and someone that can't walk, we can walk for them. It's that easy. Um, and, and on a financial front, you know, some of us are blessed with, with uh, great jobs or good incomes, we can share that with the less fortunate. Look at those Christmas boxes, right? Perfect example. I don't think it, doing those boxes felt overwhelming to anybody, okay? Because you did it with a kind heart. You did it happily. It brought joy. So here's something to think about. Action speaks the heart. Okay, words come easy. Anybody can say this, that, and the other. 
you know, in the Bible you see it all the time, right? You got Pharisees and whatnot, and people pounding their chests, and they're all righteous. But actions tell the truth. If you want to know the truth, watch somebody. Doesn't matter what they say. Watch what people do. You will learn the real person. Okay? So, so that's, that's what we want to do. Right? We want to be people of action. Because faith with no action is hollow. James was always hard-hitting, right? Here's a couple of doozies. James 2.26 says, Faith apart from works is dead. Wow. And even harder-hitting, James in in 2.14 says, Can faith with no action save anyone? Now, when I read that, it's kind of a wow moment, right? Because isn't grace enough, right? We're not saved by works. But I think what James is saying there is, is you're not saved by those works. But if you have real faith, actionable faith, and you, and you have a heart for the Lord, the works come naturally. You can't help it. They're going to happen. Okay? And again, if you want to see the real person, watch their actions. So that's what James is saying. James is saying that passion makes works natural for us. Okay? We can't hold ourselves back. And we want that. Right? We don't want to be the sunshine uh, faithful when it's only when it's warm and comfortable. If it's raining and dark or it takes lots of effort or it's, it's a, a, you know, some, a sacrifice, we don't want that, right? Well, Revelation 3.15, right, says, what's the Lord say? I know your deeds and you are neither hot nor cold. How I wish you were one or the other. Because you are lukewarm, which is faith and no action, okay, I am about to spit you from my mouth. So it, it's pretty clear here that, again, real faith is going to bring us to action. And we can do it in a way that, that doesn't overwhelm us. You know, we can be role models. We can say we have a heart for people. We have a heart for the church. Let God's light shine through us. First John says, Who, whoever claims to live in him, in the Lord, must live as Jesus did. That's, you know, pretty clear. And like I said, simple acts are just fine, right? Saying the right thing at the right time. How uplifting is it if somebody says to you, thank you, I needed to hear that, right? That should make you overflow. Just hearing, thank you, I needed, I needed that. So we need to be alert, right? Firm in the faith, but be of courage, be strong, do everything in love. That's all in 1 Corinthians. And as you do, God's preparing us, always. So 
God's already prepared a place for us, but we always need more work, right? We, we take more effort to get to where we need to be. So how do we know God's preparing us? Well, we face challenges, right? We're pushed to the limits. We're humbled. And the healing comes from the Spirit of the Lord. That's how we know we're being prepared. It's not warm and comfortable. But we're never alone. The more we step out, the more the Lord will join us in that. John 14, 12 says, Very truly I say to you, this is Jesus talking, Very truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will be even greater things than these. Here's Jesus telling us, if you are a believer and you have strong faith, you will do the works of, that Jesus did and more so. Okay, imagine that. Jesus is saying, do more. Do more than, than I did myself. That's a strong statement. Okay? But it's hard to sacrifice, isn't it? And even Jesus struggled with it. Right? What did Jesus say? Please, Father, take this cup from me. If there's any other way, please. So if Jesus struggled with sacrificing, can you imagine what we do? But remember this. Things that come easy aren't fulfilling. Right? Think about when you learn to tie your shoe. The first time... You learn to tie your shoe when you're a little kid. You're excited. Wow. And you want to show everybody. Hey, I'm tying my shoe. Hey, look what I can do. Okay. Now, do you show anybody you're tying your shoe? Do you, do you get excited about it? Probably not. Right? So, so that's why I say, you know, If things come too easy, they're not fulfilling to us. Tying our shoes is not fulfilling anymore. So, so it's good that we put effort in. That's what makes it valuable. Okay? Okay? So what's the key to success? Well, we all have, like I said, we're not equal. We all have different strengths, different abilities, different qualities. But you know what people do? They always focus on their weaknesses. They always say, mm, I can't. That's not me. Um, I don't have that kind of you know, talent. So what you do is you play to your strengths. Okay? Don't focus on what you're not good at. That's just a convenient excuse. Right? You focus on your strengths. Focus on what you're able to do. Right? Because if you can't do something, you're not going to step out. Right? You're going to come up with, you know, I'm tired, I'm shy, I'm an introvert, I'm not good with people. Um, so if we play to our strengths, we, we learn 
that thankfully we're not all the same. Can you imagine if we were all exactly equal? Imagine we were all great singers, right? Like really great singers. That's all that we could do. Everybody was the same, right? Well, think about what happens then. One is it cheapens the, it cheapens the scale because now who isn't a great singer, right? <laughs> Nobody, right? So everybody's the same great singer. Well, well, then what happens is who is around to do the other things, right? Who would be the chef, right, that would make the great dinner? Or who would be the engineer that designs the appliance to make the great dinner? Or who would fix the appliance? Because all we can do is sing, right? And, you know, they'll say sing for yourself, but it might not work. So, so collective ability is extremely powerful. Okay, as a combined talent becomes a great talent. All right, and if it, and again, if it doesn't feel like your ability, well, change direction. And it also allows us to share abilities, right? We can come together as a group and people have different things. Hey, I'll do the drawing and hey, I'll do the writing and you know, so it allows that you see when we put together the, the, uh, the festival, everybody has different talents, right? And it comes together as a great event for people. If we're all the same, it'd be kind of a really small event. It'd be kind of boring for people. So, so the collective ability is so powerful and the, and the group effort is so powerful. And we complement each other. That's, that's the greatness of of having different skills and not being equal. And you know, when you do that kind of stuff, you, you get this feeling, right? You get a certain feeling. I'm sure we've, we've helped somebody somewhere along the line and we get this, this like uplifting warmth. You ever think that that might just be a glimpse of what heaven's like, right? Only more. So there's a study, and I love these studies because they're always thousands of years too late. So in 2019, they did a study and said that people that believe they know their life's purpose enjoy greater well-being than those who don't. And they have fewer symptoms of depression, and, and it has a high positive effect. Well... I don't know, they could have just picked up the Bible and learned that a long time ago with no study. Right? And I'm sure it costs way too much money. All right? And because fulfilling our purpose helps us know who we are. Right? And, and here's the thing. Loving the unloved, that's pretty easy. Right? Because you can, you can have compassion like that. But how about loving the unlovable? Okay? I think of it as, imagine if there was a, you know, bobcat caught in a fence, right? You want to help the bobcat, but that bobcat's going to claw at you the whole time. It's not very lovable. It's, it makes it really hard. It takes a lot of courage and patience, right, to help the unlovable. So... 
who are we created to be? Again, we don't need to be totally outgoing. We don't need to run up to strangers. We don't need to sing from hilltops. But you do need to believe the word. You need to have courage. You need to encourage. You need to be driven to action. You need to be convicted. And all those things are going to affect other people's lives, right? Even when we don't mean it to, or we don't even know it does. So ask yourself, how am I doing it? How am I reaching people? Could we influence with our words? We influence with actions, ideas, thoughts, comments. Some are immediate. Some take a long time. Right? It's kind of like waves on the water. Right? They might affect people that are very close to. It might not reach someone else for a long time after. It may be on a smaller level. But it, but it still ripples out everywhere. So we have to think about that, right? We have words and actions and ideas and all those things will have some effect on people. Now or later, it will have an effect. But we also need willingness, right? Willingness is a gift all of its own, right? What did Jesus say? Follow me. Didn't push people, didn't tie them up, didn't drag them. Just said, follow me. That takes willingness. Willingness brings commitment. Because when you're willing, you can't, you can't, it can't be undone. Okay? Unlike being tied up, you can be untied. But when you're willing, you're committed. You have conviction. And force creates resentment. You're not going to be happy about being tied up. So, remember this, gifts from the heart glorify God. Right? Those showy, glittery gifts, they glorify the giver. So it doesn't, doesn't have to be big, showy gift. It can be the subtle, quiet, unknown, unsaid, quiet gift. So keep it simple. Right? Be what God intended you to be. Raise your hand and say, hey, Lord, here I am. Right? It doesn't need to be scary. Proverbs 28.1 says, the righteous are bold as a lion. And if you remember Isaiah, once the glowing cold touched his mouth, what did Isaiah do? When he was asked, whom shall I send? He jumped up. Here I am. Send me. Pick me. Okay? That's being on fire. That's not lukewarm. That's on fire. So if you're not sure what to do, here's a tip. If you have lots of thoughts and ideas, write them down. Right? When something pops in your head, write them down. And start with your strengths. If you don't even, you say, well, I don't have any thoughts. You say, okay, you have strengths. Write those down. Okay? What is it? And then, if you come into spots, you say, you know what, I can't even think of anything. I'm, I'm blank. My mind's blank. Well, that's when you start reading. Okay? You can read, you can read the Bible, you read devotionals, things like daily bread, uplifting stories, all those things 
will give you the ideas that you said you didn't have, and, you, and now you got something to write down. Amen. Okay? They're inspiring. Reading is inspiring. So when you draw a blank, start reading. Right? And if we do things to our abilities, we're, it's effective. Forcing things will always bring failure. Not one size fits all. Collective effort. And God never promised us, right? God never said, I'll make you comfortable. Jesus never said, oh, life's going to be easy, right? I think Jesus pretty much said, be ready for persecution and hardship. So, but remember this, fulfilling God's purpose brings great joy, which is God's intention. Everything else is temporary, temporary happiness, right? You get a new car, that uh, sounds great. After about a year, it's a used car. <laughs> temporary. Okay? And the things, again, the things that push us are what make us what we're intended to be. Okay? We've got to move forward, not sideways. And don't think that the people out doing things have it all together. Okay? You can't sit back and say, oh, well, they have intelligence. and Well, they have money. Well, they have personalities. Well, they have a lot of talent. Well, they're very popular. Well, they have lots of support. They have a great life. Well, you can sit back and say, well, it's easy for that, them, those other people, not easy for me. But isn't the Bible filled with people who had real life struggles? Right? It's filled with liars, doubters, deniers, adulterers, cheaters, and God used every one of them. So, them, not me, doesn't work. Okay? And you know what? When we realize that we have a useful purpose, it's liberating. We, f we feel different. Okay? Look at even, even Moses, right? Now, Moses is a big deal character in the Bible, right? What did Moses say to God? says, I'm not eloquent, I'm slow to, of speech, I have a slow tongue, he gets tongue-tied. But the reality is we're all just people. Every one of us are just people. We have limits, we have fears, we're people with flaws, we're people that need to be nudged, right? Get, people need to be made uncomfortable. We are... Again, we're just people, and the Holy Spirit is what empowers us, right? Isaiah, remember, here I am, send me, explanation point, right? That's being on fire. So what's your life story? Is there forward movement? Is there growth? There can be. It's all that we've just outlined. It's all in the Bible. Is there enough of it, right? Maybe feel good and say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite there. I'm not doing quite enough. Or maybe you're doing plenty, and, that, and that's incredibly great. 
Because that's our greater commission, right? Is to be all we can be. Right? Remember that? It's an old army commercial, be all you can be. Well, how about we be all we can be in God's army? So my encouragement would be never give up, be unstoppable. Let the Holy Spirit get you on fire. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for all your gifts and blessings and for nudging us when we need it, letting us know that we aren't always fulfilling your purpose. We thank you for working on us, making us better, making us realize that we have gifts that we can share. We thank you for your gift of salvation. Jesus' sacrifice and in, in holding us, bringing us to, to your throne. Let us use Jesus as our model. Let us realize that we can do even the things that he had done, as he tells us in scripture, continue his good works and even more. So let us be on fire for you, Lord. Let us hear your word and let us fulfill your purpose. Amen.